If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. M-S-W Media. This is Colin Donnell, and you are listening to my favorite podcast that begins with the letter W. Take that, Mark Marin. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Coming up in just a few minutes, actor Colin Donnell. You know him from Arrow, The Affair, Chicago Med. He is a solid human being. I can attest to that. And he loves gin. And gin is what we're drinking on this episode. We're drinking Forge Gin. We just had the brand's founder, Simon Ford, on the show a few weeks ago. He and I had a very spirited chat. I invite you to go back and listen to that episode. But after the show ended that night, Simon and I kept going. We kept talking and we kept drinking gin. And he told me a bunch of other stuff about gin that I wish we'd talked about on that episode. For instance, the famed Roman philosopher Pliny the Elder, we all know Pliny the Elder, we're all familiar with Pliny the Elder, he mentioned juniper, which is the main botanical used in the production of gin. He mentioned it a whopping 22 times in his famed tome, Natural History, which was published in 77 BC. What he said about juniper is that it is said to act astringently on the bowels when taken in red wine and is recommended as a diuretic and for sudden chills. Like, ooh, get the chills. So juniper was the beginning, the beginning of not long after when AD started. That's when people started seeing the benefits of juniper. Simon Ford also told me about the banting diet. Have you ever heard of this? The Banting diet? So in 1863, a British undertaker named William Banting published a booklet called Letter on Corpulence. He was a heavyset fella, this William Banting. And in Letter on Corpulence, he outlined a diet that he followed that helped him lose a ton of weight. It's basically a precursor to the Atkins diet, and it is predicated on the avoidance of carbohydrates. So this so-called Banting diet also called for staying away from sugar and alcoholic beverages, and he favored dry gin over wine, sherries, ports, all of which were mostly sweet at the time. So not only did Mr. Banting on his diet that included gin reduce his weight, his waistline by 12 and a half inches, he also lived until the age of 81. 
which is saying something back in the 19th century. So the booklet quickly sold. He sold like 50,000 copies of, of this book or booklet. And it is said to have been a major influence on London's high society back then. They all started doing, uh, you know, what we do here now, like, you know, gin and soda, tequila soda, vodka soda. I don't know about you, but it ain't easy keeping the weight off while under quarantine. So I'm going to stick to the Forge Gin. No, but I really do. I do love it. It's not just because Simon's a dear friend of mine. It is damn good hooch with a great story. I mean, Simon was a a brand uh, ambassador for Pinot Ricard for a long time, and he traveled the world and drank a lot of gin. He worked with Plymouth Gin. He worked with Beefeater, and he would jot down notes on bar napkins about what his ideal gin would taste like. And eventually got together with the eighth generation master distiller named Charles Maxwell of the Thames Distillers, who knows what he's doing. And he and Simon spent a couple of years coming up with the recipe that would eventually become Forge Gin. I'm drinking it right now in a Tom Collins. It's fresh and floral. It's got notes of jasmine and grapefruit. It's a really versatile uh, spirit for any gin-inspired cocktail. I give Forged Gin two very enthusiastic thumbs up, but you don't take my word for it. Let's see what today's guest thinks about this gin. Okay, uh, joining me now uh, is an actor who has starred in numerous Broadway productions, as well as a hit TV series, Arrow, The Affair, Chicago Med. He's got a new movie out streaming right now called Almost Love, my man Colin Donnell. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? It's good to see you. It's good to see you. Uh, you look, uh, you're a little bundled up. Is it cold? You're in New York area, right? Uh, yeah, just outside of Manhattan. It is freaking cold. It, we got like one day of nice weather and then all of a sudden it was back to sweatshirts and beanies and long pants. Yeah, we're it's like 80, pants in 85 degrees here today out in California. Yeah, no, I'm Very, sorry. Yeah. Um, first of all, I want to I want to let's raise a toast and get this up right away because I've had this drink sitting here. I we're drinking uh, our, our forged gin today is the gin we're drinking. I made a Tom Collins. This was the very first drink, and I'll go back to this in a second. But what do you what do you have there? You got yourself a Negroni. I am drinking a Negroni, which in my recipe I always do uh, instead of one to one to one. I do slightly more gin to cut through the Campari just a little bit. Okay, so I'm I'm one point five one one usually. Gotcha. This one, of course, the Tom Collins is gin, lemon juice, a little simple syrup. And you top it off with club soda, and I even put a little cherry with a with a wheel here with a little lime. So there you go, man. Cheers, brother. You're so fancy. Cheers. Hmm. Tom Collins was the first drink I ever ordered in a bar. Really? And the reason for that is, yeah, I know, it's a weird choice. So Were, were you 10? I was about 16, <laughs> and I was in a bar in Philadelphia, and I, you know, I looked really young when I was 16, you know. Uh, so, there was no, so we went into the bar. We had our fake IDs, and we go into the bar, and- um, you know, we're sitting at the bar and so we're already in, but this is the way the 16 year old brain works. It's like, even though we're already in, we're like, oh, it's entirely possible we'll get kicked out of here. So what we yeah. need to do is act like adults, which means don't get beer. We got to, you know, we got to order a cocktail, right? So we're sitting there and the bartender comes up and he says, um, he says, what are you, uh, what are you guys having? And, you know, and it was at that moment I realized I didn't really know any names of cocktails. So the first one that popped into my head was something my dad used to drink. So I said, um, I'll have a Tom Collins. 
And then he looks at my buddy next to me and he goes, how about you? He goes, Tom Collins. Then he goes to the other guy, you, Tom Collins. And then my fourth buddy was there. And this is no joke. And he says that my fourth buddy is you. He goes, Tom Collins for you too. And he goes, no, Harvey Wallbanger. But I said, why did you do that? He said, that's the only one I could think of besides Tom Collins, which is awful, by the way, that, you know, the Harvey Wallbanger, of course, is a screwdriver with a, uh, with a, uh, a float of, um, Jesus, why am I blanking right now? The vanilla liqueur that's a Galliano. Uh, yeah. terrible, terrible, terrible. Hey man. So right away, before we get into talking, I'm looking forward to talking to you. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to bury this at the bottom of the show. I want to get right into it. You are working, we are partnered up with Threadless. Is that still happening? This with MedShare? Yeah, it is. Uh, Let's talk about uh, that right away. Yeah, so there's a company called Threadless, um, brilliant uh, artist-driven company out of Chicago uh, that I've gotten to. Uh, some of my best friends uh, own and run the company, and uh, they have these things, these artist shops, where they allow independent artists to come in and set up their own shop. And Threadless basically handles everything for them, uh, all the printing and shipping, and they do t-shirts and sweatshirts and hats and mugs and like everything under the sun. Um, so a couple of years ago I started, uh, my friend came to me and said, you know, with all the stuff you're doing on Chicago med, would you like to set up an artist shop that would benefit a charity? And the one that we ended up picking was MedShare. Uh, it's a non-denominational charity that, uh, basically rescues, um, uh, medical equipment that would otherwise be destined for um, the trash and they salvage it and put it in places where it's needed most in the world. And in addition to that, they also uh, put medical professionals at uh, in, in uh, disaster areas, you know, during hurricanes and, uh, you know, pandemics. Okay. <laughs> uh, so um, if one of those were to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on what, the are the, what are the chances? Yeah. So uh, this all, you know, this has been, a, my my shop has been up and running for a couple of years. Uh, and then uh, they approached me and said, hey, you know, with all this demand, we're going to be doing masks. So uh, we're going to roll out masks in a few of our top selling shops. And also, and we want you to be a part of that. And in addition to that, we're also going to become an official partner of MedShare and all of the sales of the masks, uh, a portion of the net profit is going to go directly to MedShare. And they first set the bar at a $100,000 donation. And they reached it so quickly that they upped it to $250,000. And right now, I just checked it uh, earlier today or yesterday, and um, they are now at about $240,000 donated to MedShare. Make that two awesome. two hundred forty thousand and five because I'm jumping right on there when I get out of here. Yes. So go to colindonald.threadless.com, right? That's that's mm-hmm. where you go. Seriously, get involved, people. And now let's get yeah, back, let's back to there's the There's some really cool portion. designs up there. Yeah, yeah. No, I checked out the site. It's really cool. So um, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, thing we're doing here, the drinking. We, You are having a Negroni. I am having a Tom Collins. So I wanted to kind of talk about some gin drinks. Uh, what else do you, so, you know, the classics, we've got the gin and tonic. You've got, mm-hmm. uh, what, are, what are your feelings on a gin and tonic? You like a good gin and tonic? You know, I never was a gin and tonic fan only because I didn't know good tonic. Okay. And I didn't know, my only like uh, 
experience with tonic was just the sickly sweet kind of quinine that. Um, and so I never really enjoyed it, but then, you know, uh, as drinks are want to do and the evolution of all this sort of boutique kind of tonic that's come out, uh, some friends have introduced me to some amazing stuff. I have a friend in Vancouver actually who runs a Spanish tapas bar that he opened up and man, that guy blew my mind with some of the, to- uh, G and T creations that he was coming up, coming yeah. up with. And just the like pairing different, the different gins of the world now with all the different tonics that are being produced. It's like, I fell in love with it. Well, you know, one of the things I've talked about repeatedly is, and you can get the best spirits, okay? You can get the finest gin in the world. When you're making a cocktail like that, a large portion of that drink is the mixer. So you mm-hmm. can have a you can have forged gin, you have great gin, you put a shitty tonic in there, your drink's done. You know, that's that's so it's a it's a very key component is don't don't skimp. I mean, I you know, I like I Q Fever Tree, spend mm-hmm. the extra money for those guys because it's going to make your drinks a lot better. Now, what about I'm going to throw a couple more at you. Tell me if you've had them and what you think like have you ever had okay. a gim have you had a gimlet? Yeah. I'm a big fan of the I'm a big fan of the basil gimlet or like a mint gimlet. An old standby. Uh, mm-hmm. Singapore sling. I've had one. I couldn't list it off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. So let me uh, Singapore sling is lime juice, cherry hearing, Cointreau Benedictine. Ooh, uh, I think there might be grenadine in there and then maybe some pineapple juice. Yeah. All right. Good, good drink. How about the Clover Club? Have you ever had a Clover Club cocktail? That's gin, lemon juice, raspberry, and uh, egg white. No. Okay. I do love I, I love the texture of egg white in a in a cocktail though. It's great. Like I it, you know, it's it just adds a little mouthfeel to it. Well the like, Ramos gin fizz. That's another that's another mm-hmm. one that they put an egg white in. Yeah, you're right. I mean it's it is delicious. Uh, uh, French seventy five. Oh, gin yeah. gin. oh, what a good drink, right? That'll that sneak way. up on you quick. Because that's one of those, I mean, there are, that's that definitely falls in that category of drinks where you, you, you're just not really, you're like, yeah, this is nothing. And then you get a couple of them in you and, and that's the end. You know, you're done. Yeah, it's like, a, you think it's like a summer crusher, right? You're like, I'm just going to crush this all day. And then you, after three or two or one and a half, you're like, hm, you know, I need a nap. <laughs> that's the best. Uh, how about a, a Vesper? Oh, you know, so my wife wife and I vacationed at GoldenEye Resort down in uh, Jamaica, uh, which is uh, it's Ian Fleming's um, estate that they turned into this resort. So it was where James Bond was created. And of course, they have this whole, you know, they have a cocktail program that's based around, you know, Caribbean cocktails, but also the classic vintage, what we think of as the James Bond era cocktails. And I was drinking Vespers all day long and it was terrible for me, but man, I could get into it. It's so good. And that of course is gin, vodka and Lillet Blanc, which is a, Mm -hmm. we all know is a dry vermouth. Uh, We already talked about the Ramos. The aviation is another one that I love. That's gin. uh, gin, um, Well, why am I blanking right now? Uh, creme de Valette and yep. uh, what else? Lemon, lemon, lemon juice? and 
isn't there cherry in there? Cherry liqueur, maybe? Just a yeah, spoonful, yeah. yeah. Bar spoonful, yeah. I mean, it 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 amazes me, Colin. When do you ever get people that go, I don't I don't like gin. More than any other spirit, I get people go, I don't like gin. And I go, I don't get it. It's one of the most versatile spirits there is. It's it's the original flavored vodka. Yeah, it's I it, well, that's the thing, right? It's like it's good vodka. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. It's just, it's, it's vodka that actually has a taste. So it's, I, you know, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. It's, it, you know, people are like, oh, I get, I, I don't like it. I don't like the, or the, the stereotypical, I get angry on gin. I'm like, no, you don't. You just drink too much. What are your thoughts on that? People will often say certain spirits or certain drinks, put them in a certain, so tequila makes me want to fight. Vodka makes me happy. Do you, do you agree with that? I mean, here's the reality. I'll tell people this. They'll say, oh, that gives me a big hangover. I said, no, here's what gives you the hangover, the alcohol. If you drink yeah. an equal amount of 80, of, uh, 80 proof vodka and 80 proof gin, if you, if you drink the exact same amount of it, you're going to get the same exact hangover. I don't care what you drank. It's the same amount of alcohol that you've consumed. Now, yeah. some of the stuff you put in there could contribute to that as well. But yeah. do you agree, though, that, uh, what, that certain spirits put you in in a in a, a different mood well it's all experiential right i mean they're all like you know i tequila makes me whatever it's that one time you drank too much tequila and it put you off of it because you were like you know because you got in a fight with somebody or you got angry with your partner or whatever it's it left an impression on you so you don't want to touch it again great but the fact is you just drank too much Exactly. You know what makes me nuts is uh makes me crazy. I drink a little Armagnac. Oh boy, look out. Ooh. Going crazy. That's a that's a fancy, fancy drink to be getting feisty over. Yeah, that's right. Hey, you know what? I wanna I wanna get more on that. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Support for what we're drinking with Dan Dunn comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Listen, folks, when it comes to dating, it's a jungle out there. But when you do find someone who wants to take you home, you better make sure it's not a jungle down there. That's why I use Manscaped, a revolutionary electric trimmer that makes accidents a thing of the past. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Take my word on this. No, seriously, you don't want to Google snag your nuts. It's going to take you down a dark road. Another reason to get Manscaped is that you don't want to use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Oh, and Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why not use it on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code DRINKING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code drinking and always use the right tools for the job always use manscaped your balls will thank you i let man what do you what are you, you got some nice glasses there too what's going on over here you know what so uh is that a jägermeister the, glass no it's uh it's a pottery barn special oh. um i we had these uh i had uh almost an exact replica of this that 
I put inside the sink. And when I went to go check it, I guess I probably put a plate on top of it. So it was cracked around the ring. And my sweet, sweet, wonderful wife went on eBay and found the exact same glasses for me. Wow. Immediately. Does it make you feel good, that glass? Because it, it looks it looks like, a, what is that, a buck on there? You got a buck? It's it's a buck on there. And you know, I don't know if you can see this, but it's got a handy little like, uh, oh, is it's that like the, a finger rest. The nose that's of the, the buck? That's the mouth of the buck it, that I've, I've got a, it's got a nice little like, it takes a little bit of the weight off. And that's handy after you've had about seven Negronis? Because, yeah. you know, sometimes the hand. <laughs> One or two doesn't do it. But. <laughs> the hand starts losing the ability to grip things after a while. That's and right. I, we've so all been there. We've all if been you, there. If you've got the tactile feel of this against your hand, you're not going to drop it. <laughs> what are you doing uh, in quarantine? Um, so, I mean, the main thing is trying to be the best husband to my very pregnant wife. Um, that's, that's right. You are. Congratulations. You're having, thank you very much. Yeah. Shortly. Right. She is, uh, in her third trimester. We're expecting a baby girl in about 12 weeks or so. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to do my best to, uh, you know, to make sure things are as easy as possible for her. And I'm, I'm, I'm successful. I think, you know, some percentage of the time. Uh, but otherwise, other than that, you know, it's, it's connecting with a lot of friends. It's, uh, it's, um, I'm actually working on a, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that I do, um, I, I have done some Broadway in the past and, uh, I am actually working on, uh, an album at the moment of my original music, which is pretty cool. Um, you're just recording at home. Yeah. I'm recording at home and I'm working with a, uh, a wonderful musician producer friend of mine and it's pretty cool. I mean, we're, you know, in this new world, we're working in different ways. Right. So, uh, basically we do this exact same thing on zoom and he shares his screen. I hope I, I record stuff, upload it to, uh, a Dropbox, and then he's able to mess with stuff. And so we connect a couple of few times a week and we, you know, figure out the songs and he gives me notes and I go back and record stuff or re-record or rewrite or do whatever. He tells me it sucks and we move on. And <laughs> what about Hollywood stuff? Is, is, is acting ground to a halt? Are you still reading scripts? What's going on there? You know, I've seen a few here and there. Um, it's all in such a state of flux right now. Uh, I, I think I may have told you at some point, uh, I, um, am involved with a new show that's supposed to come to Broadway sometime this year, uh, which is a musical adaptation of the movie almost famous. Oh, wow. And what do you, yeah. what do you play? I play the Billy Crudup role, Russell Hammond. Wow. That's, a, that's yeah, that's the big one. Yeah. So it's, super exciting the show is really really wonderful we had a we had a very successful run down at the old globe in san diego just south of you um and you know we're depending on when broadway eventually opens up we're we're in a good position to uh to present it to the people in new york which is very very exciting um now you obviously you can't predict when that's going to happen but do you have any do you anticipate it possibly being this year that people, the theater could resume? You know, I, I certainly hope so. I think everybody's got the best high hopes that they can possibly, you know, muster. Uh, theater is in a weird place right now because not only is there proximity 
of what we do on stage with each other and with our backstage crew and with our dressers and our makeup artists and everything. I mean, we're boxed into a very small space, but we're also asking a whole audience of people to do the same thing. They're sitting shoulder to shoulder with people. And And the second somebody starts coughing in a theater, what happens? Yeah. You, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a unique position to be in because we are, dependent on that live audience you know uh the movie industry the film industry the tv industry they're all uh you know they have to figure out the logistics of how do we film stuff and then people can consume it on their couches Uh, you know going to theaters is maybe a very different thing to see a big screen movie but like they can at least present it to people at home uh because of the technology that we have today yeah our industry it is um it's unique and it's it's amazing because it's so special and because of that experience of going to a theater is so uh, i don't know the best word for it but it's you know it's it's singular you know being being inside of a theater experiencing live theater is so singular and i think so essential but it's a very difficult thing to do you know, and consider doing in today's climate. So, you know, I, I certainly hope that it makes a comeback sooner than later. Um, but it's just a, it's, it's, uh, it's, the landscape is different. My prediction folks is get ready to start seeing a lot of animation. <laughs> no joke. I, you know, I'm, as you know, I work in the business too. And, yeah, yeah. and, you know, my manager said to me, yeah, I start thinking up some animated ideas. And, and the truth of the matter is that is the path of least resistance. You can do all of that with virtually no contact. You know, the, the animation, we could be doing the voiceover right now. So I hope everybody out there likes animation because that's kind of where it's going to be going. And if anybody is uh, listening, I can do voices for days. So <laughs> he peered across the room and he saw her standing there. Right? I know. I need to work on my voiceover career, honestly, because uh, we'll get you in, man. I got, I got some <laughs> stuff going. I got some ideas going. Great. You know, you and I've talked off the air before, or maybe it was on. Oh, just so everybody knows, uh, Colin and I did a thing for Flaviar. Um, they do, I do a host this thing every week called nightcap live. It's every Thursday from uh, what time is it on seven to like seven to eight Eastern every Thursday. Uh, I know next week we've got Steven Soderbergh's coming on. That's going to be really cool. Colin did it. Colin did it a a few weeks ago with Irish whiskey and we had a a great time on there. So maybe we were talking about it. I just lost completely what I was going to. Let me have more of this. Let me have more of this, Tom Collins. Whatever I was about to say was really profound and a fucking gin. What were we talking about? I don't even remember. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. No, he's drinking. Um, no, that's fine. No, I forget what I was. Whatever it was. Yeah, I'll cut this part out. Uh, you and yeah. I, you and I were talking about something. What was it? What were? We- I'm not letting this go. What the fuck was I just going to say? You shouldn't. We, yeah, I, look, I'm not, I don't editing, have I'm not even editing this out. I'm no, you shouldn't. Good. No. Uh, like, I, what else are we doing? I, I could sit here and talk to you all we, night. Um, well, I was, I was going to tell people to go. Oh, I was going to say that was it. <laughs> go, go. If you want to watch the thing with, with Colin and I, go to uh, Flaviar's YouTube channel and check it out. It was like, it was a very fun, I thought we had a good time on there. And you, we did. You, uh, you had said something to me, and that was what I was going to talk about, and I can't remember. 
I learned a lot about uh, Irish whiskeys that night because I, I, I will say, but we did talk a little bit afterwards. We had a, we, we had a similar favorite. So I feel like our, our palates are lining up here. Yeah. Oh, that was what it was. I was going to mention, I think I mentioned then that I was a, a big fan of the show, The Affair. Ah, that's right. And you were on The Affair for two seasons, correct? I was on The Affair for two seasons. Yeah. Can I just say, I did look at your, when I'm looking at your filmography, they kill you off a lot of shows. You get killed a lot. Yeah, totally. What's up with that? Why are you getting killed? I, Do you know like going the, in? Do they tell you going in? Uh, <laughs> we need someone no. to die. Get Colin Donnell on the phone. You know, it was funny. I'm like the new Sean Bean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that on the air. There's, oh. there's a reason for that. But yeah, uh, oh, okay. I, have, I have some friends that worked with him, but uh, you and I will talk about that off the air. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't, yeah. maybe not the, maybe not the same reasons. Yeah. Uh, I hope not at least. No. Um, the, um, you know, it was funny I, that you mentioned that because sometimes, you know, you do know going into a job that it's going to be, that's it. Um, and I found out because I was a regular on arrow and, and that was, uh, you know, they came to me at the end of the first season and said, you know, this is where things are going. We're really sorry. And, and I said, okay, well, I was upset for a hot second, but things worked out the best there because I was able to go and do Shakespeare in the park in New York, where I reconnected with Patty, who was also in the cast of the show that I was doing. And we ended up getting married and now having a baby. Imagine if they didn't kill you off. You you might be married to Stephen Amell right now. I, you know what? He's very, He's Very attractive. Handsome. He's an attractive. Yeah. He was on my old, my former podcast. He was on. Oh, Very attractive. Right. I, uh, I, you know, I'm not gonna. Um, so you met your was, wife. So you getting but, killed off led to you getting married and and having a baby coming and up. having a baby. Yeah. And but then sometimes I, I remember very specifically when I found out for the affair that uh, I was going to be killed off. It was episode five of the first season, and I got the script, and I'm sitting on my couch. And I literally, I'm saying, you know, Patty's, I, I remember it so specifically, Patty's sitting just like two cushions down to my left and I'm sitting there reading it on my computer and I go, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's me because, you know, the whole mystery was like, who's dead, right? Yep. And they, they reveal it in, in episode five and... <laughs> Like, obviously I was on the show for two seasons and you know, there was awesome stuff for me to do and I don't begrudge anything, but I was, I, I could have told you you were going to get killed because you're Scotty. That was your character. Scotty. He was a, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. a dick. He was a bit of a dick on that show. He was. Yeah. But so he was the main issue. guy. So was the main guy. Um, Noah. Yeah. Dominic, Dominic West. He was not a great character. I mean, he was a great character on the show, but I mean, he was not a great person. Yeah, you know, there was a uh, one of the things I loved most about the show was that they created characters who had a lot of flaws. And somehow you're, you know, rooting for some of them, you're hating others, but at the same time you feel sympathetic towards them and you know, it's a testament to the writing that uh that that they created such complex weird uh people to to root for and hate at the same time. Um, but yeah, Scotty was a bit of a douche nugget. He was, yeah, he was. But uh, you, so you've had some great, I mean, Arrow, great experience. How was the Chicago Med experience? Wonderful. You know, I had, I, I was there for uh, the first four seasons. Um, and the first episode of, of season five was my goodbye episode. 
Um, you know, it was funny when we, when we started the show, cause it was the third show in the Chicago universe of shows. Um, and we kept hearing from, from everybody that I talked to, it was, you know, you won't believe it when you get there. It's, it's a huge family. Everybody loves each other. They all hang out and, and it's just a really wonderful job. Like you're going to really love it. And I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop, but the fact is it just never did. I mean, it, from it day really, one, it really was a great experience. Yeah. I was it, so it, hoping you were going to go. Yeah. And you know what? They were all dicks. <laughs> I what a bunch no, of assholes I, on that show. I really, you know, I, I kept waiting for that to happen and it, it's just not true. Like everybody was great. We, you know, we, we got some really awesome friends out of it. Uh, I but don't you, know. How you've much probably time. worked with some assholes, though, right? Yeah, I mean, care to name there's names? Some, no, but you've, you've. I'm sure there's been times where you've been thinking to yourself, "I can't believe I've got to work with this person for the next six months." You know, I I, I did a show one time uh, as a guest star, and uh, I had a. <laughs> You know, it was just a weird experience. It was it, you know, it was one of those jobs. It, being a guest star is is uh, a challenging job no matter what. You're coming into somebody else's playground and they all have their day-to-day routine and you're just showing up and hopefully from their perspective, not screwing up your your work and not holding up the day. Uh, so I had a had an experience and um, it was, the job was fine. I got the stories afterwards were hilarious and a buddy of mine got offered a, a, a guest spot on it. And he was like, what was it like? And I was like, um, you should do it. Just, <laughs> just go for the story. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're going to walk away with some, with some good stuff. So just go. And everybody, you know, it was, it was, yeah, I won't say anymore, but was it, it was, was it, was it Kevin James? Go ahead. Say it. Kevin James. <laughs> Matthew Perry? How could it possibly be Matthew Perry or Kevin James? I don't, I don't even know them. I'm sure they're nice guys. Yeah. Um, let me, I want to do a, this is a new segment. I just, I've created it today. Okay. Because that's how fucking bored I am. I was like, you know, I'm going to create a new segment just for Colin. And this segment, <laughs> and I need to create music for it. I haven't done that yet, but I'm going to like a, a bumper it into this thing. But this is my, the new segment is called. I got my guitar here. We'll just... Oh, okay. Let's do it. So let me tell you the name of the segment. It's called According to Wikipedia. Go. We're going to ask a question and you don't know what it is. So we're going to ask the question. We're going to Wikipedia. All right. That's the theme song. That was the worst I love it. Ever. <laughs> so according to Wikipedia, Colin Donnell was born in St. Louis, Missouri as the youngest of three boys. He has Irish and French ancestry. He played the guitar and took singing lessons when he was 17. Is this correct? Yes. All right. Wikipedia yeah. got that right. All right. All, all so far, all correct. Also says your introduction to the stage was in high school where you were part of the choir and you were in the background juggling and doing circus tricks, as one is wont to do, which led to being part of your first school musical production of Barnum. So correct. It is? So, yep. They got this right. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Donald has been part of many 
national stage tours, such as Mamma Mia and Wicked. His first Broadway theater performance was in Jersey Boys as Hank Majewski. Is that correct? Correct. So far, Wikipedia is nailing it out of the park. Yeah, nobody knows who Hank Majewski is, but they remember the guy in the monkey mask. That was you. That was me. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Donald made his television debut by playing Mike Ruskin in the television series Pan Am, correct? Correct. First on-screen kiss in that show. Wow. Well, here's a little trivia for you. Do you know somebody on the Pan Am cast played this guy, me, in a television pilot for Fox? I did not know that. Was let me guess, it was not um who would play think handsome, go handsome, You're playing me. Well, it was one of the two guys, one of the two main guys, right? All right. Who do you think it was? Who do you who do you think played <sighs> me in a TV pilot for Fox? Ah, come on. Give me the give me the name of the two guys that were in Pan Am. There was a Mike. <laughs> Mike is one. Mike, you're 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 very warm now. Mike. Oh, Mike played you. <laughs> They're both very handsome. Mike, I mean, you Mike couldn't did. go wrong. Mike Vogel. That's it. Mike yeah, Vogel yeah, he, played me. He is, I will say he's one of the nicest guys that I've ever met. He's a really nice, he's a Philly guy too. Yeah. He um he we did a pilot on based on my book Living Loaded at Fox that I wrote with Rob McElhenney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And the pilot got made, and Mike Vogel was cast to play me. Yeah. It was funny because there were some other people before him. And one of the names that came up was James Marsden. Right. And the network said no, because they said he's too good looking. James Marsden. So they went with Mike Mike Vogel, Vogel, who's just as good looking, but uh, (laughs) that makes sense of the networks here. So yeah, Mike Vogel played me in living loaded. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to not take offense that, I probably auditioned for it and nobody cast me. So that's yeah, fine. I had, I known I would have uh, stepped in. Uh, they didn't, nobody cared what I had to say. Uh, <laughs> I was the writer. <laughs> um, and finally, the final thing from Wikipedia, it's Donald is a literary aficionado and a musician. We already established this Wikipedia. He has yeah. two tattoos from his tour trips, one from Memphis and one from Dayton which are five silhouettes of birds to represent his family and a Florida Lee because his mother is French. Correct. Um, mostly, uh, I knew they'd fuck up. I knew they'd fuck up somewhere. There's, there's a lot of information in there. Um, I have many more tattoos than just the two. Uh, but I did get, I did get those. I, I did get two of them. Uh, while I was on tour. Uh, and all of them have to do with family. So do you, do you have a tramp stamp? No tramp stamp. Both my both my rib cages are covered. Ouch. And then I've got then I've got a big one on this this is the Fleur de Lee in here, which is correct. It's for my mother, uh my mother's side of the family. Uh she was born in France. And then I've got a big uh big one in the middle of my back that uh was uh my own design funny story i originally designed it um for i've got two older brothers and i i was i originally designed it so that the three of us could get 
tattoos together. And then I went and got it and I showed it to them. They're like, I had shown them the design. They're like, yeah, that's really cool. You know, maybe then I got it and I was like, all right, when are you guys getting yours? They're like, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not getting a tattoo. So you're the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, could be worse. Uh, It could be worse. Here's okay. So, Oh, you're going to tell me a worse. Oh yeah. No, it's going to be worse. Well, I mean, there's such an uplifting story. Uh, you know, my brother passed away. And, and um, so a, a couple of years after he died, I was down, or maybe it was the year after he died. I was down in New Orleans for Tales of the Cocktail, which is the biggest cocktail festival in America. I should. Congratulations should I, should on I, your nomination, I, by the way. You, thank you. I, yeah. I Let me do it. I teed that up for you, didn't I? Yeah. Um, yeah. I got This show got nominated for best pod, or best something at the Spirited Awards. But anyway, I'm down there with a, an old bartender buddy of mine. And he's going to get a tattoo at this place called Electric Ladyland, which is by Frenchman Street in New Orleans, and kind of a very well-known tattoo parlor. So I was like, I'll go. You know, I've been meaning to get my brother's initials on my arm. So this is a great opportunity to do this after I've had 47 cocktails, okay? And in New Orleans, they don't care. They'll tattoo you. They don't care, you know, as long as you're able to stand up. So I went We got a bleeder. Yeah, we got a bleeder. So I went in. (laughs) So we're, we're in the same room. So he's got- one guy here and I'm here and I'm just engaged with my friend Tobin talking to him the whole time. The guy says, what's the, write your brother's initials down. And I did and uh, gave it to him and then he sketched it out. And I think he showed me and I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. We're not really paying attention. And then he starts the process of, of doing the outline of the tattoo. You know where the story's going. So <laughs> he finishes the outline of the thing and he shows it to me and he says, what do you think? And I'm looking at it and I said, well, it, it's good. And it said B B B D. And I said, well, it's good, but my brother's middle name is Patrick. And he says, guy looks at me and says, you're kidding, right? I said, no, man. I, I, he said, you wrote B. I said, did I? And then, and then he says, he says, you're surprisingly calm. I just put this on your body for the rest of your life. And I said, well, no, we can fix it. Just put a, uh, a four leaf clover there. This is what he did, right? So he, I'll have to, I'll put this up on my Instagram. I'll take a picture of it. Oh so he, God. he puts it on there. He puts, he puts the four leaf clover. But initially, it really did look like BBD. So <laughs> that night, people are looking. I'm showing people the tattoo, and it just got to the point. They'd say, "Well, who's you know who's BBD?" And at first, I was like, "Well, it's my brother," but it's wrong. And then, and then I just got to that. I was like, "Well, it's Bell Biv DeVoe." I love those guys so much. And then uh, this is a true quote. I showed it to someone and I said, yeah, Belle Biv DeVoe. And she said, are they Irish? Oh, man. (laughs) So tattoo. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So by the way, I bring this story up as a public service to everybody out there. Kids, do not get tattooed if you've been drinking. Yeah. Don't do it. I did. I... I forget which one it was, but I, uh, I had a, uh, no, I remember which one it was. Uh, it was actually the fleur de lis. I, I had it scheduled, you know, nothing. It was not a rash decision by any means, but, uh, I did stay out till about four o'clock in the morning, the night before I got it. And my appointment was at 10. 
it, that's not enough time to let the booze get out of your system before you go under a needle for two and a half hours. Not at all. No. It was, that was the only time where I got a tattoo where I was like, you know what? This, I understand why people don't enjoy this. Uh, the painful. rest of them, yeah. It was, you know, dragging needles across your skin can be painful uh, for some. Let's, let's do a PSA. I'll, I'll, I'll start and I'll throw to you. Here we go. Okay. Hi, everyone. It's Dan Dunn. You know, every year people drink alcohol and they go into tattoo parlors to have their body permanently altered. By needles. You should think twice because you know what? Those last forever. Ink is permanent and booze is temporary. Just don't mix them. And then maybe together, here's how we'll end it. Together, we'll go think before you ink. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. Think, think before, before you, you ink. ink. Man, that doesn't work over Zoom, does it? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, well, listen, man, I've I have kept you. I've kept you a long time. I want to uh, you know, mention that the movie is uh, almost love is streaming now. Right? Got that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, we are on anywhere you can, anywhere you want to purchase or rent a movie. Uh, all the cable platforms. Uh, Amazon Prime, uh, YouTube has it available for rent or purchase. Um, you know, if you're, it, 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 if you want to rent or buy a movie, you can find it. And again, remind you to go to colindonald.threadless.com. Get involved. Do something good. You'll feel good about it. And where can where can the folks find you on the uh, on the social medias? You can find me at at Colin Donnell, C-O-L-I-N-D-O-N-N-E-L-L, uh, on all the social medias except for TikTok and anything that isn't Twitter or Instagram. And honestly, I'm usually just on Instagram. Well, by the way, <laughs> when we get off here, you and I are going to have a little more gin and we're going to be TikToking by the end. Don't you worry. Oh, we're going to do it. No, anyway. No, I appreciate the people who take the time to TikTok, but it's not going to be me. Not going to be you. My, me neither. My friends, can I be straight with you? Right now is not the time to overpay for razors at the drugstore. In fact, you shouldn't be going to drugstores at all if you can avoid it. Harry's knows this. That's why they ship directly to you so you can experience the quality of a Harry's shave in just a few days from the convenience and safety of your own home. Why Harry's? Well, it's a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price. We're talking $2 a blade. They've cut out the middleman. Harry's uses a German manufacturer that's been honing precision blades for a century. Those high-quality blades go straight from the factory to you with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let Harry's know and they'll give you a full refund. So I've got a, uh, I got an offer for you. I've got a little deal. I'm going to make you a deal. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and listeners to my show, What We're Drinking With Dan Dunn, can redeem their Harry's trial at harrys.com slash drinking. That's harrys.com slash drinking. Redeem it. You're going to get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, some rich lathering shave gel with aloe, keep your skin nice and hydrated, very important, and a travel blade cover, keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Because eventually you're going to get to go somewhere again, I promise. So go to harrys.com slash drinking to start shaving better 
today. That's me pretending like I'm out on the street. I just want to fantasize for a second about being outside. Oh, it's so nice. Maybe it's raining, too. And look, a car just went by. Oh, no, look out! Still raining. All right, stop raining. Oh, sigh. Uh, that's all we got for you today. I, I, I want to thank Colin Donnell for coming on the show. He's a good dude, man. And, I, you know, thanks to the folks at Ford's Gin for sending me the gin. I like it. Yeah. Ooh, la, la. Can I add some drums to this? Let me do a little mixing. Yeah, that's how I roll. Uh, coming up on some future episodes, we've got Dixon Deadman of Kentucky Owl, director Steven Soderbergh, comedian Corinne Fisher, and rock superstar Maynard James Keenan. Till next time, I'm Dan Dunn, reminding you of the words of the great A.A. A. Milne. People say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day.